0: You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamin. Hey everyone, welcome to Screenwriters Need to Hear This. I'm Michael Jamin, and I got another special guest today. This is my old friend, I'm to, this is my friend Greg Thompson, and I'm going to give you a proper introduction Greg, so sit down, just relax, let me just talk to the people for a second. Um, so Greg is a very successful TV writer. And he started on bunk, a show called Bunk Bread Brothers. We're going to run through some of the, some of the credits and maybe no one heard heard her. Bunk Bread Brothers, then fired up, which was a, interesting. This was in the heyday of NBC. This was when uh, the character, she lived inside of a clock. She was, she was a church mouse, wasn't she, Greg? <laughs>
1: yeah, she was a church
0: mouse.
1: Second season, she moved into a shoe. Uh, <laughs> Le- was Remini? The, it was Sharon Lawrence with uh, Leah Remini. Ah,
0: Sharon Lawrence with Leah Remini. This was back in the heyday of NBC. Shows like uh, Must See TV. And then a show called, I'm going to run through some of your credits. Maggie, Big Wolf on Campus, then one of your bigger credits, 30, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, great show. Then Grounded for Life, another great show. Everyone Hates Chris, everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris, another great show. I'm in Hell, we're going to talk about that. King of the Hill, you were there for many years. Glenn Martin DDS, I never heard of that one, but I was involved in it. Then now, most <laughs> yes. recently, you were writer. What are you, exec- co-executive producer on Bob's Burgers?
1: So I'm, I'm down. Right. I'm down to consulting producer. Technically, I oh, was. You. We'll I was that. co-exec. Okay. I was actually Ladies. executive. I was actually executive producer to be. To be most were technical. You? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, we all got promoted up to executive producer after a certain. And what happened? Seasons. Why did you get
0: bounced down to co-exec? I mean, a consulting producer.
1: I decided to are work you? fewer fewer days a week. So I, I've, I've. Am I, do you still want me on the show? Yeah, I'm now. I'm jealous of you. How many days a week are you
0: working? I only work two days. Oh, and of those two days, how many days are you really working? <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> Probably four, because it filters into other days. And yeah, it does. And I. also, yeah. We're
0: going to talk about that, but I want to get to the beginning, Greg, because I, I, I. So we met in the Warner Brothers Writers Program. Workshop or whatever it was called. Yeah, we did. And you were supposed to be you and your partner Aaron Abrams were supposed to be the competition that me and Sievert were facing. And very quickly we realized we weren't we weren't gonna we weren't gonna make good enemies. <laughs> 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 <Friends in love. laughs> but, but I gotta say, Greg, you've always been. And I know, I've never probably never said this to personally, but you were. It may seem odd since we don't talk that often, but you were definitely one of my closer friends closest friends in the industry, because I always feel like I, I feel like we're not in competition. I can always be, I can confide in you to tell you what's going on with my career. I never feel like I'm going to get stabbed in the back. You always got my back. I got your back. So you, you, have always been a great friend. And that's why, as I thank, thank you for doing the show, helping everyone.
1: tell oh, like your story. your You're very welcome. You and my, of course it's, of course it's mutual. Um, and I'll just say at the Radcliffe or at the, uh, pardon me, the writers, uh, Warner brothers writers workshop, um, I was uh, so intimidated by you and Sievert. I, uh, you like you, we were kind of seated. We were seated in kind of a big O, and you were, yeah. you guys were like across the room, and you, you already, you already oh, had a credit. God. You had a credit on Lois and oh. Clark, which was like you know incredibly impressive. We didn't have credits. What?
0: That's what you were. That's what you were intimidated because there was no other reason to be intimidated by us. We never said anything. Like, I, think <laughs> I don't know.
1: Like- you just you looked you looked the right part. Sievert, Sievert had this kind of scowl on his face all the time which which was very untrue to his personality but he just looked uh, super serious like like he was uh, figuring it all out turns out neither of us it was a prestigious program and, and
0: it didn't help either of us it didn't ha- it no. definitely didn't help it didn't help you did it Other than well it did,
1: it it did get us it did lead us to an agent which oh, then okay. which then led us to our first job so it actually did help us even though the Warner brothers, the studio was not interested in hiring us. Right. After, and then, so after, after the, watching us work.
0: As I tell our audience to catch them up. Um, so, yeah, we worked together. So we never worked together. We were just, became friends on that. And then later, then later we shared a bungalow. We both had o- overall deals at CBS Radford. And so we shared a bungalow. We'd have lunch together. Maybe we'd hang out in your office and just talk mm-hmm. about ideas, bounce yeah. each other. That having an overall deal is great. That was and fun. And then later, Oh, it was King? No, King and Hill was before that. We did King of the Hill was on, before.
1: Before
0: that, right? And then later, Radford our overall deal. Then later, we hired you guys on on Glenn Martin, and you guys saved our butts. You and your partner Aaron saved our butts. And then, how did I thank you? I almost th- I almost thanked you by destroying your career. <laughs> I almost <don't> remember. You guys, <laughs> you guys came in. Was it, it was season two, right? Of Glenn Martin? Yeah,
1: season two. Yeah.
0: We brought you in. We had the money. We wanted very. We wanted seasoned writers. And you guys came in. You always delivered great drafts, which is, I always say, this is all you want from a writer. Can you turn in a good draft? And you guys always did. And then there was talk of spinning off Glenn Martin to a spinoff. And I remember we were like, hey, we'll do this show. And then you could run the other show or which one, one or the other. You guys could run. And you're like, yeah, we got this other offer to go to this cartoon <laughs> called Bob's Burgers. You don't want to go to Bob's Burgers. <laughs> you want to stay here. <laughs> and then and thank God you took that offer because I would have felt terrible
1: like ruining your career
0: because that the spinoff never happened. I <laughs> no. think Glenn Martin was
1: canceled. But I jumped, jumped gl- off just in time to go to There was an idea that Glenn Martin was gonna jump to Fox or something and there's a lot of lies floating through the-
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was probably Michael of-
1: Eisner was fl- planning these thoughts. Hey, right, um, I
0: forgot they- <laughs> they were talking about being us to Fox.
1: Fox didn't, Fox
0: had no, had no knowledge of that. They weren't in on that.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, but yeah, I think we all thought the puppet animation genre was going to explode. And, and I have to say, it's really funny. It's still, when I look at, I've dug up some old Glenn Martins. It is really funny. I mean, it is, it was an underrated show underwatched certainly, but also underrated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, we did some good stuff. You guys wrote some great episodes, but then so you got the offer because Bob's Burgers were co-created by Jim Deutrieve, who we both work with on King of the Hill. So he reached out to you guys. How did you get the mm-hmm. have this Bob Burgers talk about? And why didn't he reach out to us? <laughs> I didn't.
1: I, probably you were, we were working. You were busy. Um, we were busy. <laughs> developed by Jim Doughtrieve. I should make sure I say uh-huh. that properly. Created by Lauren yeah. Bouchard. Developed by Jim Deutrieve. Um yeah, he was just staffing up, and actually he he had hired two other guys uh, before us, and then their um, and gosh, I'm blanking blanking on their names. Sorry, um, but they had a pilot going, and their pilot got picked up to production, so they had to drop out of Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and and then that opened up a slot, and Jim Jim called us to to come interview for it. And we saw the, a- and, and you yeah. guys, you guys let us out of our Glenn Martin yeah. deal early, by the way, you, you did us a favor that not everybody would have done.
0: That's, that is true. Not some people wouldn't, but, but I think most, a good I think most,
1: would, I think most would good,
0: good people would. Good people would let you out of contract. Um, and so and how many, that was 2008 you've been on that? No, no. That was how 2000,
1: that 2010. We went it's over there. I think we can. We went over to Glen Martin. We were there for actually second half of the first season through most of the second season.
0: Oh, that's what it uh, was. Glen Martin.
1: Yeah. So I think it's, we wrote.
0: It's amazing how long you've been on Bob's Burgers. It's
1: crazy. Like
0: that's that's job security.
1: Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's twelve over twelve years now, and I I'm, I'm wearing um I'm wearing the first piece of swag we ever got on Bob's. I don't know if it's visible on camera or not this this uh, old hoodie which is now just in tatters it's 12 years old and and do
0: you is it hard coming up with stories that at for 12 years
1: yes yes very hard um also because unlike the simpsons which is kind of branched off into the peripheral characters they'll do a episode about apu or whatever they used to anyway um bob's stays with the the family. Right. And and do you,
0: how, how does the musical numbers work? How do you guys produce, how, you know, how do you write and produce that?
1: Uh, well, I, Lauren is extremely musical. Lauren Bouchard, very musical. So he always had, you know, a big interest in that and he can, he can write and play. And then there are, you know, there are uh, musical people, you know, uh, uh on the show who, Writing the lyrics for that—you write into the script or what? Well, we do. Yeah, yeah. Most of the writers will write some lyrics. I've written, yeah, I've written some lyrics, and that's you know, d- don't write the music. Occasionally, you might like take a stab at a tune for something silly, but yeah, and that's that's like you, yeah, you, and that's, you, that's that's like fun. you
0: for the music as well, then.
1: Yeah, you'd, yeah, you do. Like the um yeah, we're like members of ASCAP or BMI or something. Yeah, and um, yeah, and there's actually been. um two Bob's Burgers record albums that have come out on Sub that. Pop.
0: Were you with the movie as
1: well, though? Yeah. I mean, t- to a limited degree, it was, the movie was, was really written by, by Lauren and Nora Smith, who's also the, you know, his, his number two, she's also a showrunner. Um, and then all, right. but all the other writers pitched in on story and, and jokes and, you know, we'd looked at lots of cuts and, so we, we were, we are part of it we're, we have credit, but, um, but they did the uh, heavy lifting for sure.
0: And you know, you're kind of like the last Writers Guild of America cartoon, one of the last, right? I mean,
1: you're covered by the Writers Guild, right? It's not ASCAP. I mean, not that yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's-, it's a Writers Guild show. Yeah. And I guess like, I don't know, not to tell tales out of school, I think Disney is still trying to, you know, put shows on the air on, you know, Disney now owns, 20th Century Fox Television, um, still trying to get you know IOTZ covered shows, which that's a a guild with fewer benef- fewer benefits for your your viewers. Oh, I'm a
0: non-starter now. It's like a, it's, IOTC, it's It's the animation. Oh, is building. it really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Things are tough. Okay, I didn't um, realize that.
0: How did you? I, now you didn't start you. What was your career for the for people who are listening? What was your career before you got into writing? We'll start from the beginning. Um,
1: start Could oh be boy. The year was 1948. <laughs> I was, I was 12. The, uh, um, <laughs> the, I, I would just say in brief that like, I always loved television growing up. I loved movies and television. Uh, and I, I became a writing major in college, uh, a creative writing major, which wasn't, wasn't a good idea. Uh, but at all that time, it never occurred to me that there were people that wrote television. <laughs> I, I never yeah. looked at the credits and so it never occurred to me that there would be a career doing screenwriting. Um, and mm-hmm. so after I got out of college, I went into, I moved to New York, and I got into uh, book publishing and was a worked in marketing for a, a few different publishers, uh, book and magazine publishing. And that was gonna, that was my career. That was what I was doing. I was going to be kind of a business person, and you know, and I wore a suit, uh, took the subway. Um, and then I went to business school to get an MBA thinking, well, that's the next step of my, my uh, tremendous business career. And that brought me out to L.A. afterwards to work at the L.A. Times. Um, wow. And uh, uh, Aaron Abrams, who you mentioned before, my friend, uh, had split up with his wife. He'd moved out to L.A. to be a screenwriter. And then his marriage had blown up. Um, so he had an empty bedroom and I moved in with him to begin my job at the LA Times and Aaron was trying to be a screenwriter. And, and wait, so for the film from college? Uh yeah, we uh, kind of we did uh, an equivalent of the uh we we did a little uh, summer school publishing boot camp kind of thing. Um one summer after college like a 6-week program, a little like the the sitcom writing workshop in a way but for people interested in publishing. Um and so just like a summer school thing. So I met him doing that. We, we hit it off. We had, you know, kind of this instant, instant rapport. Um, and, uh, I thought he was hilarious and everything. And so I wasn't surprised when he eventually decided that he was going to try to be a screenwriter. So then I move into the, I move into his, uh, terrible, messy apartment. Um, and, and, Uh and I see like, he's got a bunch of scripts. I'd never seen a script before. Uh, you know, it was kind of, it was pre-internet. You couldn't like download scripts. It's like, Oh wow, this is weird. So that led me to reading scripts, talking to Aaron about what he was doing. Uh, you know, he very generously would ask me to read things he was working on and ask if I had any ideas or thoughts. Uh, and, and then, and then Aaron suggested we were, we were having some conversation about the, uh, actually the NFL players strike uh, of the eighties. And he said, I always thought that would be an interesting movie. Um, So uh, then he said, do you want to try to write a movie about that with me? So together we basically hammered out this um, comedy that did not become the, was it a Keanu Reeves movie, but was the replacements. Ours was called substitute heroes and, was much like the replacements. And and that was the first thing we wrote together. And that ended up, um, we ended up selling that for a guild minimum to some place.
0: Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, Join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you. And it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com slash watch list.
1: The Substitute Heroes. Where did you sell it? uh, football, comedy.
0: Yeah. Where did you
1: want- And it ended up selling to like uh, some producers for guild minimum um, low budget minimum, which was, I think like $26,000 or something like that, or maybe, maybe more. Uh, right. But that was, it, I, you know, obviously it, that would be thrilling even now to sell a movie for, you know, a little bit of money. So it was very thrilling to, to me and, um, and Aaron. And so yeah. and, and then at the same time, like I'm working my LA times job and I wasn't, enjoying that a ton you know i was in like this i don't know weird little group called market planning and we'd do these like analyses of like orange county advertising market and stuff that no one would ever look at um and uh and the la times was a place i always remember this they would do casual friday one day a month so you had to you had to remember what friday Remember casual? Casual? Fr- that was before we were casual all the time. Yeah,
0: right.
1: So you had to remember what Friday of the month was casual Friday so you could not wear your suit. Um, and then for our uh, Christmas party, we had a, like an annual Christmas party. You'd have to come in an hour early that morning. And the, the Christmas party <laughs> would be like between the hours of 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. <laughs> or 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. So- I, for- I forget when work started, <laughs> at least in my department.
0: That's- you have to get up. <laughs> your party so, some party it wasn't
1: <laughs> yeah no it wasn't know, it wasn't festive <laughs> so it was that there's that kind of is that kind of place. so meanwhile you know then i'm like you know thinking oh well this this screenwriting thing's working out great i'll do that instead um you know and i think you know like you know we were getting a lot of meetings and i think you know in hollywood like a meeting sounds exciting yeah. it'll almost inevitably lead to nothing but still for a moment you feel like you know you're driving on a lot you have a pass they're waiting for you you sit down someone brings you out water you feel important and and it's the people you're meeting with are almost always just filling their schedule to feel important yes. so you go in there and, and and together all of you feel important <laughs> and then you it, leave
0: You've listened to my podcast because I've said these words many times. Oh, yes. <laughs> so important. But go on. All right. Then, then go what happened? Uh,
1: so then um, I, be- I remember Aaron was like he had this. Um, he played like beach volleyball uh, in this like league or something like that, even though he was terrible. But... I, don't,
0: I don't believe that part of the story. Well, saying.
1: I'll say he was on a beach volleyball <laughs> team. Whether you could describe it as okay. playing, I don't know but I think he was trying to meet girls. And so but he, but he right. put, there were a couple like TV writers in, his, in the beach volleyball group. And he said, these guys are all doing great. They all have like big houses. Uh, they're so successful. We should like, f- let's forget movies. Let's try to write television. So we started working on uh, some spec scripts as, you know, I'm sure you've probably talked about that at different times. And, uh, yeah. you know, we wrote an Ellen you know and a spec is your sample to get hired onto a show we wrote an ellen that i thought was great uh that i still remember what it was about it was about ellen dates her assertiveness instructor and then can't break up with him because she's not assertive enough which funny uh, <laughs> Well, for one thing, I, I don't know if there is such a thing as an insertiv- assertiveness instructor. <laughs> I think it felt it I felt know. right to us in 1994 or so. Um, right. But, you know, but we thought, okay, we've nailed it. We've written one spec. Now we're going to, now our career will begin in television. And everybody hated it. And I mean, you've probably ex- experienced this or people experienced people who felt this way they fall in love with their spec. They think their spec is great. It's really the the first spec they've written and they become very, very attached to it. Not attached to every part of it, every, every element. They're not yeah. receptive to notes. And I, I think I was certainly that way about this, this one, but the, uh, the feedback was so uniformly negative. It was like, okay, well let's, I think we have to write another one. So we wrote a Larry Sanders, uh-huh. uh, Larry Sanders spec, which went much better. It was just a much better show for us. It was right. more in our sensibility. It was so, uh, that's the one that, uh, we ended up using to get into the, uh, Warner Brothers sitcom writing workshop. Yeah.
0: And that and was the rest. Now, Aaron, Aaron Abrams was this, you know, we were both friends. he's one of the sweetest guys you ever met. And then he tragically died halfway through your career. And then I remember, I mean, this is awful. But i remember either calling you or writing to you and i was like listen cuz you had to reinvent your career at that point you were you had a writing partner that you relied on and you bounced things off and then you had to become a solo writer and i remember reaching out to you and saying listen if, like if you want to if you, you you might need to write new samples if you want to help breaking a story or anything like just call me or if we all happy but but you never did what was yeah. that like i re-
1: i remember i I, I, I do remember that, and I'm still grateful for that. Uh, but you and Steve both reached out and were were terrific during that time. Um, it, was, it was fortunate for me that I was on right. Bob's Burgers. We had done, Aaron and I had done a season on Bob's. So uh, it hadn't even aired yet. Um, but it was... Uh, th- and I'm trying to think when it got its season two order. I guess it didn't get that till it had aired for a few, a few weeks. Um, once Bob's began airing and the show got picked up for another season, which was a little nip and tuck because the ratings were a little, right. iffy, um, or touch and go rather. Uh, uh, the Lauren and Jim offered me, you know, the opportunity to come back as a solo writer. Uh, so I, I did not have to produce those other specs. I did have to write a pilot that Aaron and I had been contracted oh, really? to write. So I had to. I, I did have to finish the pilot. We'd outlined it, but we hadn't written it yet, and um, I had to. I had to write it. But when you that was so that was the first thing I wrote. And was it like
0: even now? do you hear his voice? Like, do you think, I what what would Aaron do here? Or or are you like, you know, now this is, are you, you know, yeah,
1: no, I, 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 I still totally do. Uh, I mean, he was, he's such a funny guy and, you know, it was, you know, I used to say like, you know, the, unfortunately the funny person of the writing team died. So the, 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 the guy who's like, does little, I don't even know what my specialty was kind of doing things Aaron did, but a little less well probably, uh, and, um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll uh, sometimes if I'm, if I'm writing and if a, a, a joke will occur to me and I'll think that is an Aaron kind of joke, right. you know, that that's, that's his sensibility. So as much as I can challenge, uh, channel uh, Aaron's voice, I I, I try to, um, he was, you know, just a unique voice.
0: I imagine it'd be, honestly it'd be a little paralyzing that first, at least the first couple of scripts, you're like, I'm, 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 I'm flying solo here.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know how it is with you and Sievert. I think, you know, you, you, do work separately at times. I know. Um, but, uh, every, everything Aaron and I had written, we'd written together in the same room, you know, we might go off and work on a scene by ourselves for a while and then share it. But mostly it was like kind of taking turns at a keyboard while the other guy was there in the room, yeah. uh, look at, you know, looking over the shoulder so it was uh it was you know a pretty um, uh, a close writing situation, so yeah, I just um i i I would do a couple tricks of i would i remember the when I was writing the pilot uh it was like, okay, I'm gonna write the scenes that I think are easier to write first, uh-huh. and so I wrote scenes out of order just to make progress right. uh, and so then when you make a little progress, you begin to feel better. You begin to feel more confident. Um, right. and, and I also, and I still do this, I'll, I'll write a scene maybe with some, some of the dialogue in all caps, which is my way of saying, this is not the dialogue. This right. is a, a, an approximation of what has to be said here in this moment, uh, right. just to get through it, just to get through it. So I don't get stuck. Yeah. Um, uh because yeah i mean aaron and i we we would try to do as little rewriting as possible just maybe out of laziness so we would kind of get a lot of consensus on everything before we wrote uh or as you know as we worked our way down the page but as a as a solo writer i just couldn't do that it was like nope i'm I'm gonna have to do more revisions i'll have to do more passes um Mm -hmm. so that's what that's what i started doing And now does it just feel comfortable on your
0: own or, you know, it's
1: interesting. You know, I know it it, it does and it doesn't. It always feels a little like, you know, right now I'm you know trying to come up with story ideas to write one and looking at the calendar and looking at how much time I have. And I think, oh, God, am I going to have enough time to break it? And, uh, you know, holidays are coming up. That's going to cut into time. Uh, So I, I always have a little bit of panic. And I think I'm known for this on the show of being fairly neurotic about scripts worried. Wow. I won't put it together. Uh, Cause you know, there's so many, so many, Michael, you know, there's, there's so many jokes in a script. It's like several hundred by the time you're done. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, how will I think of all those jokes?
0: Is re- that, that's the part that's intimidating to me. It's the getting the story well, down.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the story you know, obviously the most important part, um, but you know, every element is hard. And so it's, <laughs> It, what no how much like how is it run
0: how is it differently working on bobs burgers than it was either a glenn martin or king of the hill for
1: you in you know, the process uh, i'd say bobs burgers it's much more uh, you kind of become your own little executive producer of your episode all the way through uh-huh. production you know and basically most of the times you will be coming up with the idea of your episode you will be pitching it you will be running the room, uh, mm-hmm. as you, you know, put, uh, break the story, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then you're updating, you know, the Lauren, the, and Laura the showrunners, but you're, it's, it's kind of on you. It's, it's not, it's not like, and there will be people breaking stories simultaneously, which I guess was what we had at King of the Hill too, yeah. uh, a, a few small rooms, um, but it isn't like probably most of television today still where it's everybody around a table, the whole staff breaking one story at a time right. with, you know, walking through the beats on a on a board, kind of assembling it all. Everybody, the staff, everybody together. It's it's more individual. Uh, you, you we kind of have more rope to, you know, make magic or get in trouble. And box. now you're doing your consulting was just so interesting just a couple of days a week. Um, yeah. Well, how's that for you working out? Everyone talks I mean, about, it's, it's, perfect, it's simultaneous you know. with it's simultaneous with COVID. So it's, uh, it's, it's hard to separate the two in a way. Uh-huh. So it's so far, it's been people are beginning to come back to the office, but for the last two and a half years, it's been all zoom. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I would say like, if I didn't have to like write scripts occasionally, it would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be so easy. I mean, yeah, not I- easy, but, but it's always like, you know, if you could sit back and give people pitches on their episode all day and it's like, well, here's my idea if it works terrific. If it doesn't work well, you know, it's not my problem. It's not Waited my it problem. Is, but
0: do you think you'll stay there for, for a, for a while longer? What do you, what are your plans? Do
1: you have any? I I've, you know, I've just kind of taken it year by year. Uh, the, um, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's, it's still been a fun thing. And and most of the staff is the same staff as when we first grouped up 12 years ago.
0: No one's one's leaving it back when we started. Um, uh, you know, we, you could jump shows. You might work on a show for a couple of years, then jump to another show. But now with the market, you'd be crazy to leave any show. If you're on a show, you stay there and you hang on for dear life.
1: I think so. I think so. I think that's been true of Bob's. And, you know, uh, uh, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, two of of really, you know, very funny writers on on Bob's, they they left only because they developed their own show, uh, The Great North. So, but despite that, they still have a hand in Bob's and write an episode a year. So nobody really wants to let go of Bob's.
0: Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, do you, are you developing at all? Have you tried to develop in the recent years, or
1: you know? I it, past the first year. No, I haven't. I haven't tried to develop, and that's, you know, I have to say that's a little bit of laziness on my part. Like, you know, why do I want to develop myself out of a job? This great job on Bob's, yeah, uh, yeah. and and also it was like, you know, we, Aaron, and, Aaron and I, I think did like eight or nine pilots you know, only one produced but it right. was always really hard and uh, a distressing experience you you know we'd go in full of full of ambition and hopes and dreams of how this next pilot was going to be great and then and then you'd get so ground down by the process we'd be miserable <laughs> and hate and hate our pilot by the end of it people don't
0: understand they have really no understanding uh, of how the industry actually works. That's what I'm trying to educate them. But like we say the same things. Like if we didn't have, if we were on full-time on staff, we we wouldn't have to develop. We wouldn't run out to develop. It's only because staffs, the, the orders are so much shorter that you kind of have to, if you want to make a living, yeah. you got to sell what you got.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. 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 The, T- televisions uh, changed.
0: Changed yeah, in that way. Changed.
1: So, <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little embarrassed. I haven't, you know, tried to develop in the last, Decade, but I don't know. I'm just
0: so. What what advice do you have? Do you I mean, are you bringing on any young writers, or what advice do you have when you see a young writer join the show?
1: Uh, well, boy, I don't know. I guess it would be the advice. Uh, I'd give any young writer, you know, just try to try to pay attention to the voices of the show. Know the show. Watch watch every episode. Um, you yeah. know, when we were hired on King of the Hill, I, I'd watched King of the Hill, but I hadn't seen everything, but, mm-hmm. you know, I methodically started plowing through hundreds of episodes at that point. I think maybe 200 yeah. episodes had happened by the time we, we joined it. So, and that's just kind of an education and you internalize the voices of the characters and, and it, it helps you, it helps you know what to pitch. So, you know, we'll, we we'll ha- obviously like a new writer will often like pitch an episode idea that we've kind of already done and, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to catch up with everything, but you have to try. Right. And, and just, I yeah. you know, trust that you're, trust that you're there for a reason and that your ideas are good and, you know, do your best.
0: Right. But it's a pretty supportive environment there. It sounds like. I know it's oh, more- it's. Uh,
1: Oh, it's great. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's really a nice group of people. Um, you know, you've been on many staffs and I was on many staffs. And I, I think my experience was almost always good. Uh, I hope mm-hmm. yours was too. But, you know, the, I think we probably all have both had the experience of being in a room where you're sitting in the same, you're around a table, same table every day. You're not only that, but you're seated in the same seat every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, same person to the left, same person to the right. And, and sometimes there will be people who will make a point of only laughing at uh, somebody's, somebody, several people's pitches, but never several other people's pitches trying to, right. yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, it, it is a little bit of a, and, and this is, you know, it was rare to have this experience, but, you know, maybe did once or twice, um, people. Writers are trying to get their jokes in. Uh, They would rather have their joke in than a funnier joke from somebody else. So there is that, there is that bit of competition. And I'm not saying I would have the funnier joke that no one would want in or anything like that. But uh, uh, it's, it's this natural um, selfishness, self-preservation, I guess. Yeah. Of like, I must, I must have a certain number of jokes in the, in the episode or I'm not, I'm not earning my my morsel of meat yeah today right. so um so there you know there is a competitiveness, and I think I think some shows I think very could be bad miserable places um, Bob's was a fantastic place, everybody was right. great, everybody was supportive uh everybody was funny uh everybody is funny, so many great writers, so it's been a a fantastic situation and how
0: and you say you're you're involved heavily in the production, so you'll watch the animatics. You'll give notes on the air, or do you watch all the animatics, or just the ones you you produce? Uh,
1: we watch all the animatics and colors, and colors. Uh, but the animatic, you know, for your own episode, you you will be, you know, more involved in notes and revisions, and,
0: you, and, so just for people,
1: and the, the animatics are the rough uh,
0: before, it, it like crude sketches of the uh, cartoon, the animation, and you give notes on that, and then it's more like for blocking which what the character should do and what kind of shot you have. And then later they color it in and you know, that's then you give notes on that as well. But you, are you also at the record? Are you um, recording the actors?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've done that a few different ways in the beginning of the show. It was the, uh, Bob's was unique in this and that they you'd have multiple actors in, you know, on, on mic uh at the same time and it would be a simultaneous recording so you'd have overlap
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: and improv and that was kind of a hallmark of bobs and then in uh as covid happened we had to kind of break that apart and r- actors were recording in their homes and so we were getting them one at a time right. um and so now it's it's kind of a little combination of But both, are you
0: directing the actors yourselves or someone else one of
1: the showrunners directing lauren lauren was the director for like the first 10 years Mm -hmm. every episode and then during covid we began to direct our own episodes Uh, but now we're actually in the process of having one writer direct all the episodes uh uh with the uh a writer producer will direct all of them and just so there's kind of a a unified voice coming from the directing right. booth um and then the right the writer is also there to give notes and right suggestions roll their eyes
0: you're doing it wrong yeah <laughs> i say no that's not, that's, not, that's, not, that's, that's not
1: so yeah and uh, i'd say lauren is kind of constantly tinkering with the process trying to improve it even after like 12 years you think it would things would be okay this is how we do it this is how we'll always do it but no it's still being Aspects of production are being reinvented and tinkered with all the time. It and is a great
0: show because it has such a sweetness to it, such an earnestness to. Uh, who knew? Who knew it was going to be sort of giant?
1: It does. It does. Uh, and I know early on, like, um, you know, Aaron and I would pitch. Uh, coming from a, uh, well, I guess working on every other show, we pitched a lot of like stories that involved conflict between the family. You know, uh, that was a little maybe sharper than Lauren wanted yeah. to do. He didn't want, you know, his thing is he doesn't ever want the characters being mean right. to each other, anything perceived as mean. And so like, you know, like, oh, if you're watching most sitcoms, it's like, oh, I don't know, everybody's, everybody does this all the time. You know, what? Though? And, but he wanted something sweet. And it's a good instinct. When we, when we worked for uh, Chris Lloyd,
0: who, you know, he ran Frasier for many years and then later we worked from on that, out of practice. He used to say the same things. He, he would say velvet gloves. So when the characters slapped each other, they had to be wearing velvet gloves. So you never want to hit too hard. Never want yeah. to salt too hard. You know? I was
1: like, oh, that's that's smart. I'll start using that word. <laughs> I won't do it, but I'll use the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and certainly like, you know, one thing with the internet, now you can see what everybody thinks of every episode and, on Reddit. And do you and, guys do that? Uh, Twitter do you go yeah yeah does that change the way you write future episodes I think a little um like we did an episode once where the family was on a game show which is kind of an unusual episode for us it was pretty early and they end up kind of getting cheated out of their prize at the end of the game show it's kind of a they're kind of ripped off Mm -hmm. and the ending we thought no it's a great ending it's you know it's it's perfect it's funny it's uh it's television viewers hated the belchers that that had happened to the belchers that they'd been it it felt like an unsatisfying ending to many 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 viewers and they would keep bringing it up in fact they still bring it up uh online as as a an episode ending they don't like uh-huh. and you know i think maybe because it was an unearned they hadn't really done anything wrong, and they ended up being, screwed. you know, kind of robbed. So I think we we avoid we try to avoid lessons where they or episodes where they just have complete egg on their face by right. the end. There has to be some kind of little little victory or so, something learned, something positive Sorry. that comes it's, out of it. Yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: It's interesting you take that view because I never Seabird kind of does. I, I'm really kind of I stay away
0: from. I don't want to hear about the reviews. I don't want to hear about what the. Viewers think, I just want to, you know, do my thing and cross my fingers, but it's, you know, different.
1: I mean, that's probably healthier, but if it's an episode that I wrote, that's airing, um, I just devour Twitter. Do you really trying to, trying to, uh, oh yeah, no, I, I, de- I definitely try to cherry pick you know, any positive comments. We went on,
0: geez, this is about a year ago. So and I went on, I don't know whenever we went on YouTube to like, see what people were saying about Glenn Martin. We hadn't watched the show in years and and then there's some guy from his basement some young guy talking about the show and he nailed it he he was as if he was in the writer's room like he understood the show better better than we did
1: and it was just hilarious to hear him take it apart i was like man this guy i think did you send that around did you send that around to the writers i kind of remember reading something that i thought yeah this guy's this guy's good This
0: guy is, he was like a spy he knew so much That's funny <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah wow but oh, oh it was a funny. it was a funny show does that air i mean does that how does that as a quick yeah. aside is glenn martin accessible on any platform I think,
0: yeah i think it's on youtube where you can watch it all for free so we don't get any money i mean we have some points in it we don't get okay. any of it i don't think you make money by showing it.
1: but it's <laughs> for free did some i mean did some kid upload it or is it is it like all, this the, the, whoever owns it put it put it michael on michael eisner there
0: as a whole like maybe we can okay. get enough views
1: like you can sell it
0: again somewhere I'm like eh. I'm, you know, yeah sell it somewhere let's let's bring it back but I don't think we can bring it back <laughs> I can't we really reboot Glen Martin <laughs> I don't think there's anything oh. that's funny oh, oh. well uh... Greg is there any place is there anything you want to plug do you want to talk about your next season should people follow you any or is there anything you want to get off your chest before I
1: oh well god i'm not really on twitter no i mean i can't it's, i'm unfollowable on social media because um i don't know just uh i guess keep watching uh uh i kind of forget where we are production wise i never know what episode's yeah. about to air because as you know the the production schedule in in animation is very long it's almost so, a year.
0: nine months so ago, with you guys it's almost a year
1: well, it can be, you know, so if especially if, you know, or the order right. changes. And,
0: and how many episodes do uh, you got?
1: You know, after production. But it's what a long your, time.
0: What is your order this year? Like 22?
1: Uh, I think it's 22. I think it's, yeah, Bob's is one of the last, you know, shows that still ha- gets a 22 order. Uh, and it does less so now, but it did, you know, repeat a lot, too. Right. So there was, you know, residuals, residuals. involved. Um, so, but... Yeah, yeah it's fortunate. It's worked out. I mean, um, <laughs> no, let's see. I, 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 uh, I would merely plug uh, your yeah, podcast. My pod.
0: People, people and... plug this in my podcast. All right, everyone. That, well,
1: are you still doing the videos? Is uh, uh... Oh, I was just asking if you're doing the video, the video uh, podcast things. As yeah, well these as
0: well. will air. Uh, yeah, they are They'll be on YouTube as well, and we run clips across. The, uh, okay. People can, you know, they can get it everywhere. They can, yeah, continue following.
1: Okay, but, it's all part yeah, of that.
0: So, but that's, it. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 this has been fascinating, hearing your story. As far as I'm concerned, but, uh, but, <laughs>
1: oh, Greg, thank you for. I, I uh, well, thank you. I hope you're a good dude. Uh, thank, thank you for having me, Michael. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours, uh, and uh, yeah, honored. Oh God,
0: this is my honor. But all right, every. Thank you so much to, to great comic, comedian writer, Greg Thompson. And uh, yeah, so what, what, let me tell you what else is going on over here. So keep, if you guys want to sign up for my watch list, that's my free newsletter where I send out daily tips for screenwriters and creative types at michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. And keep following us here. And uh, yeah, we have different content on YouTube. Our YouTube's at Michael Writer And uh, Instagram, keep following me Instagram, and TikTok at Michael Writer. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you until next week, for more people, all right, be good. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammin and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammin Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep riding.